0: Jesus departed to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on the stretch of level ground. A great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and even those who were tormented by unclean spirits were cured. Everyone in the crowd sought to touch him, because power came forth from him and healed them all. The Gospel of the Lord. He called his disciples to himself, from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles, among them James, the son of Alphaeus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So today I just wanted to kind of address, sometimes you might meet Protestants, usually Protestants, who are going to question whether or not Mary was a perpetual virgin, whether she remained chaste and a virgin her entire life. One thing that they will all often comment about is the fact that this James, the son of Alphaeus, is called elsewhere James, the brother of the Lord. Whenever they point out that he's called James the brother of the Lord, they always forget that he is also called the son of Alphaeus. And obviously, uh, it's quite a stretch to think that uh, Mary, after Joseph died, would somehow marry Alphaeus and have a son, James, who was old enough to be a disciple of Jesus. Just the timeline doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so, some, so it's kind of dead in the water, kind of like this theory or this uh, point that they're making that because James is called the brother of the Lord, therefore Mary is not a perpetual virgin. And why is this important? Well, our first reading gives us a little bit of a hint and a clue. When it talks about how neither fornicators nor adulterers nor sodomites. None of these will enter the kingdom of heaven. Pretty much, uh, there's this aspect that in today's day and age, there's obviously a lot going wrong in terms of sexual immorality and things of that nature. And um, it's also worth noting that it's really only contemporary Protestants who have questioned uh, consistently the virginity of Mary. Even the Even the Protestant reformers, people like Martin Luther, never actually questioned this. But today, because we're entrenched in such a culture of vice, specifically on this issue of purity, oftentimes people who are entrenched in vice, they tend to deny that the virtue is even possible. They tend to deny that the virtue is even possible. And so far from shying away from Mary's perpetual virginity, it's like we need to lean into it and we need to hold on to it, not only as a guiding star for our own lives and our own hearts, that we too might be as pure and as chaste as she, our our Mary, our mother is, but also that we might, in assimilating that purity, hold up both her purity and hopefully our own for the world to see. Because it's that light that we are all called to be. So that's kind of the big takeaway I want to leave today, is that um, let's, let's raise up Mary and hold on to the fact that she is perpetually virgin, ever virgin, um, and hold on to that as a sign of what we are called to ourselves, and also as a guiding anchor, really, in a world that has gone astray in precisely this area of purity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for joining us at your daily homily. For information on St. Philip the Apostle Parish or to support this ministry, please click on the links provided. Until our next time together, be safe and God bless.